Today on We Here, the rap beef is hitting the playground. Kim Kardashian is responding to claims that Northwest copied another five-year-old rapper's act. The sudden retirement of MSNBC host Chris Matthews is shaking up the media world. And it's official, Flavor Flav is kicked out of public enemy, but he's not the only hip-hop legend getting into trouble lately. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Another divorce. Splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Maggie, I love the top of the show. This is the hippest company that Chris Matthews has kept in a long time. <laughs> Northwest I know. and Flavor Flav. So what ha- what's going on with Northwest? Why is she making headlines instead of Kanye and Kim, her parents? Great question. So Thank you. Northwest, six years old, performed at the Yeezy fashion show during Paris Fashion Week. Right. And this was billed as an impromptu performance, although... I don't know. Was it really impromptu? What is impromptu these days, really? It's I, all I feel captured like on social media. When you're putting on a fashion show like that, there's so many factors at play. There's no way this could have been like, she just wanted to do it and hopped on stage. And she had a mic and she was in the right place and the models didn't trip over her and everyone had a clear view of her. You right, know? right. So basically, if you look at the video of the show... There are models walking on the runway and the the venue, it's sort of this like futuristic, very sparse, echoey space. They're outside. Oh, they're outside, right. Because you see car horns honking in the back. Right. And at one point you see like there's like a garbage truck goes by past Kanye. But got it. So they're outside and it's this sort of trippy space like place. Futuristic. Futuristic. Thank you. She's rapping about clothes. Clothes. She says. Her shoes. What are those? Which you know is like an internet thing. What are those? These are clothes. Yeah, you know the whole, like, what are those? People look at shoes, and they're like, what are those? Like, all these sneakerhead people. Oh, God, I didn't even know that. I'm glad yeah. you're deciphering this for me. Yeah, the origin story there is murky for me, but it's it's big online. Right, so the lyrics included things like, I will never, she was saying, I will never do bad things. That's encouraging. She was saying, cool, cute, cool, cute, yeah. And what are those? These are clothes. And that's kind of the whole. <laughs> that's the gist of it. But it's actually, then she also starts shrieking into the microphone in a sort of Yoko Ono-ish. Very Bjork. Like Bjorky. <laughs> yeah. No, but it gets, it, I actually have to say, I think she was pretty good because the thing about it is that the rap, and I am sort of the foremost <laughs> critic of child rap, the rap, it's kind of like amateurish and disjointed, but the thing that I actually liked about it is it wasn't like a polished thing that mm-hmm. she seemed to like practice in her bedroom singing into a brush while looking into the mirror. It was like experimental, mm. I would say. But after this allegedly experimental rap went down, Northwest was called out for biting. For biting somebody else's song and style. So she ripped off another five-year-old. Yeah, a five-year-old named Zaza, who is a bit of a YouTube star. Yeah, so basically, if you listen to the Northwest rap side-by-side with Zaza's rap, it's pretty much the same exact, it's the same beat. It's the same song. And in Mm -hmm. fact, Kim Kardashian came out and said, yeah, this was like, it admitted that this was a ripoff, but called it a remix. Right. Let's take a listen to Northwest at the Yeezy 8 fashion show in Paris. Come on, 
Now here's Zaza's version. Kim said today's performance of North's remix of Zaza's song was something she asked to do at the last minute and a complete surprise. I didn't mean to not give credit where credit was due. Would love for the girls to meet soon. Oh, so this could be a collaboration. Yeah. Or a battle. This could be like the new Roxanne Shantae. Oh my God, that'd be um, amazing. So Zaza's parents, I guess, were the ones that called out Northwest's biting their daughter's style. Yeah, they said, we take pride in creativity and believe whether a child's involved or an adult, creativity deserves respect and homage. Right. Then they said, what Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are doing with their daughter, with the inspiration of Zaza and our family in mind is okay. And they said, they're not mad, but please show love and support to the original first. We admire Kanye West and adore his journey. Mm. Mm. However, we don't want to feel like our daughter's journey in the world of entertainment is being stifled. Capital stifled. But that shows you Mm. the power that YouTube has and the influence that it has over children. Because here's Northwest, the daughter of a rapper, has access to some of the greatest producers in the world. And she's still counting a five-year-old YouTube star as likely her biggest inspiration. Right. But in a way, it's like it harkened back to me to the days of Criss Cross mm. and Another Bad Creation and just like the history of child rap in general, Lil yeah. Bow Wow, Ugh. where like at the time it seems cool, sort of novel, right. but it actually sucks. But I do like that these girls are not Lil Zaza or Lil Northwest. They're just... Their age is not reflected in their rap name. Whereas like Lil Bow Wow oh, is Lil now just Zaza, Bow Wow. Lil, what, right. Lil Romeo See, I is think, now just like But Romeo. the other thing about it is I just think also it's like now we're sort of subjected. To, it's like every single parent out there who has and has like a smartphone mm-hmm. has like 14,000 videos of their kid doing something on the video. And like 22% of it is not only adorable, but maybe really good. Sometimes your kid does some dance and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God. But like usually, you know, it would stay on your phone. Now it's just like, we're just sort of subjected to like, I don't know, like, do we really need, do we really need it to see all people? Like everybody's kids are doing cute things. Every it's kid like wants fine. to be a YouTube star now. Every kid wants their own YouTube channel. Anyway, Maggie, this all seems very star search to me. We saw that J-Lo just brought her daughter on to do her little routine at the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And now, like, they're bringing out Northwest. It's just like, are we being sort of force-fed the next generation of stars? Yes. (laughs) I didn't think that the Northwest track was, like, an obvious ripoff until I listen to the Zaza thing and then you go back. Basically, it is just the same song, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, people do like mixtapes and you just use the beat. Maybe Kim should have said that, that it was like her, I guess she said remix, but I don't know. What do you think about the two? I mean, they're very similar. I think, I, I might say cover more than remix. I mean, the problem is if it is a cover, then it's not that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because then it's just like, because 
in a weird way, it just seems like if Northwest went up and just did this. And yes, I do realize that right now we're critiquing five-year-olds. This is like very I mean, America's I could never Ga- do that. I'm like Howie Mandel right now and you're yeah. Heidi Klum. But Thank you. Um, I have uh, terrible stage fright. I could never perform live in front of that many people with so many phones and cameras on you, all the photographers there to shoot the show. Like, I was took like- Took some bravery. One thing that I did observe, that is true. I mean, one thing that I did um, see in the video, though, is she does seem like Northwest is doing- the performance and it is a little sort of reticent at the beginning. Once Kanye West comes out on stage, though, she starts to get into it mm-hmm. more and sort of is like bolstered by the Kanye effect. But I actually have an idea, Maggie. See, I think that if we are going to move into this five-year-old rap game, I think the stakes need to be raised. Because one thing is that like Zaza, when you look at her video, she's in a library. I mean, which is appropriate. She's in a library. And then she's sort of doing these like sassy little moves like in the stacks at the elementary school library and you're like oh and then it's like she's driving a little fake battery controlled little car but to me this is corny but obviously it's five-year-old exactly but that's what i'm saying what it needs to be is the next five-year-old and i implore someone to do this needs to come out with like just a profane foul mouth like a Lil Wayne the original like Lil Wayne was like 12 when he was in the originally in like the cash money mm-hmm. posse you need to come out with like a five-year-old who's gonna be like shut the f- up I'm gonna slap you in the mother <laughs> face I don't give a come to my school like I'm gonna like take your peanut butter sandwich I'm gonna shove it in your face you know what I mean and like Scooby-Doo Ooh. lunchbox to the head oh my you know what God. I mean but like I'm from Brooklyn Maggie <laughs> I mean that was like this is what my life was like you know what I mean and so I just feel like you need the easy E of the five-year-old set like if you want to take this to the next level rather the than this e. like this loop-de-loop little Fruit Loops Have these jams. kids even made it to the letter E in the <laughs> alphabet yet, Ian? You're asking a lot. I think you need someone really like, I, you need a hardcore five-year-old to come out with the real, what it's really like to be a five-year-old right now. Not like, <laughs> oh, it's you know. really like, you need like, a I'm nap. Gonna take your <laughs> That's what it's really like. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. On the heels of the news that Hardball host Chris Matthews has abruptly retired, we are hearing there are some frontrunners to take over his spot. Yeah, there are already some possible replacements, Maggie, according to our network insider sources. Yeah. Our very own Sarah Nathan reports that news veterans Shepard Smith, Steve Kornacki, and Joy Reid are all lined up to compete for this spot. Yeah, I guess the Shepard Smith one is the real wild card in there because Steve Kornacki, kind of an obvious choice because he's already, and and Joy Reid, both already on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. And last night when um, Chris Matthews just abruptly retired on the air, Kornacki sort of took over right after that. But the Shepard Smith thing could be interesting as his career comeback. Now, you might remember that Shep Smith retired, or excuse me, you might remember that Shep Smith quit his show, Shepard Smith Reporting, in October. Yeah, he also abruptly left. Um, But Chris Matthews, I don't think we're going to see coming back to the airwaves. Last night, I was in the newsroom on deadline, and we got a tip Mm -hmm. that something was going to happen with Chris Matthews on the air and to tune in. And then something did happen. He went on, and he made this really awkward announcement that he was retiring, and then that was it. Like, then he was gone. Tell me what he said in the announcement. 
Ah, well, he's been embroiled in controversy, right? Because there's a GQ writer recently revealed uh, the identity of Chris Matthews. She had written in the past that she had had an awkward run-in with an NBC news host, but had never said who it was. And now she's revealed that, you know, it was that it was Chris Matthews and that he had made he had inappropriately flirted with her when she was a female guest on the show. He had allegedly looked over at me, she wrote, in the makeup chair. This was back in 2016 next to him. And he said, why haven't I fallen in love with you yet? Strange. So last night on the show, Matthews said he was stepping down. He, he said he was going to, to leave to make way for younger generations who are improving the workplace. And he also oddly said without – it was sort of cryptic. He said, a lot of it has to do with how we talk to each other. Compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have once incorrectly thought were okay, were never okay. Not then, and certainly not today. And for making such comments in the past, I'm sorry. Hmm. Meanwhile, the GQ writer, Laura Bassett, who had uh, revealed these allegations against Matthews, tweeted of the resignations, all I got to say is it's about time. Wow. Meantime, we actually heard that that Chris Matthews, I mean, that he didn't really have much of a choice, that basically an MSNBC insider had told our own Emily Smith that network executive Phil Griffin, the boss at MSNBC, uh, had told Matthews over the weekend in Washington, D.C. that he had to resign or retire immediately. But then sources tell us that last night after this weird resignation on the air, that Griffin was out to dinner with Chris Matthews afterward. They went out to dinner to the Capitol Grill in Chevy Chase, Maryland last Ooh. night. A source told us it was a warm send-off, but, you know, it's obviously bittersweet. Chris's family were in the studio when he signed off to support him before they headed to dinner. These allegations, the most recent allegations, were just sort of the latest in a string of kind of odd things that Chris Matthews has said on the air recently. You remember he had to apologize to Bernie Sanders for making an analogy about Sanders winning the Nevada caucus and comparing it to the uh, to Nazi Germany being defeated in 1940. And, of mm. course, Bernie Sanders is Jewish. Mm -hmm. So that was seen as really kind of off the wall and offensive. Chris Matthews had to apologize for that, saying, Senator Sanders, I'm sorry for comparing anything from that tragic era in which so many suffered, especially the Jewish people. There have been various things online and I guess on The Daily Show where some clips have been strung together of comments that Chris Matthews has made to female guests on Hardball over the years. Mm -hmm. Demand. Happy Friday. And she's six feet tall besides. It's good. You're gorgeous. High heels are a big part of this for some reason. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's the, your photography, but you, women look great, of course. But you're always shooting the legs, shooting the, the, the shoes. Yeah. Janelle, you're in a wind tunnel. You look great, by the way, in the wind tunnel. Your legs get caught in this. Everybody's looking at your legs, looking at the shoes. We're, we're introducing these gorgeous uh, creatures of God here. You're walking down the street. You're beautiful, boy. I must oh, say, nice you look try, great. You were, no, you were in great shape. We and it is just kind of a string of kind of embarrassing, you know, comments about his guests' appearances and, you know, stuff like that. So I guess, as he said, he's going to he's gonna leave for the younger generation to take over. He's been on television for 24 years, which is a pretty long career. Yeah. Do you think he'll kind of – his retirement is him stepping back from news – 
indefinitely? Or do we think we'll, well see I him mean, again as a commentator? I or? think this seems to be a retirement. I mean, he's 74 years old. Mm-hmm. I think, though, the more important thing, Maggie, besides the just the Chris Matthews story itself is it's just yet another black eye at NBC and MSNBC. It's just like the network, you know, from Matt Lauer to Megyn Kelly to, you know, on and on. It just it keeps having issues with talent on the shows leaving for various reasons. And it's just I think it it was obviously the timing was very strange, mm-hmm. basically leaving the night before Super Tuesday. Yeah. So like if you're if you're a, a news network and you're covering politics right now, it's just like another distraction from what's going on in politics to what's happening in NBC's Human Resources Department. I'll be curious to see how much money is thrown around for the person who replaces him. Sounds like they'll have a lot of money to play with now that these longtime hosts are leaving. Mm. The drama between Flavor Flav and Chuck D of Public Enemy rages on. Well, Maggie, Flavor Flav has been kicked out of Public Enemy. Base! <laughs> <laughs> I'm really and we got bringing to the heat today. You really are <laughs> the hot, hot fire. <laughs> um, we got to see the drama play out on Twitter. Bandmates of 35 years taking it to social media to have it out. I know. So we reported on the podcast yesterday that Flavor Flav and Chuck D of Public Enemy were in a very public dispute because Public Enemy was lined up to play a Bernie Sanders rally on mm-hmm. Sunday and perform Fight the Power. Flavor Flav said, hold on, wait a minute. I, I'm i not performing at this show because I have not endorsed a political candidate yet. And, you know, I'm part of Public Enemy and this is unfair. And Chuck D basically then came out and said, listen, all you all basically implied that all Flavor Flav wants is money, and he would do the show if there was money involved. And he said he had a year to get his act together, or he'd be out. But it seems like he only had twenty four hours because now Chuck D has announced that Flavor Flav is out of the band. Ugh. And he did it on. T- I just think doing this on Twitter is so weird. Why do it? In front of an audience. I also the statements are very formal. Like Chuck D released a statement saying public enemy and public enemy radio will be moving forward without flavor flave we thank him for his years of service and wish him well oh that's like the dismissive back pat like of statements but i i love using that in my personal life where i'm always like i wish them the best i wish them well because it's like no you don't (laughs) i thank you i thank them for their years of service Usually when someone says thank you for your service, it's for a service person who has served their country. (laughs) Flavor Flav was not exactly. He wasn't in the military, but he, right, but Public Enemy had the S1Ws. That was their sort of like kind of hip-hop militia force. I'm getting this from our producer, Jamila Zara Williams, in my ear. Ah, the S1Ws, Maggie. What's Our producer, Jamila Zara Williams. (laughs) is telling me in my ear on the We Hear bat phone that it's the the S1Ws, the security of the first world. Yeah, from JZW, Jamila Zara. Oh! First Williams. That's true. In any event, when, when, when Chuck D threw Flavor Flav 
out of the ban a statement, Flavor Flav came back on Twitter and said, at Mr. Chuck D, are you kidding me right now? Over Bernie Sanders, you want to destroy something we've built over 35 years over politics? All because I don't want to endorse a candidate. I'm very disappointed in you and your decisions right now, Chuck. He also he, he also wrote, he, he had sent a cease and desist to the Bernie Sanders campaign and um, he clarified this to Chuck D on Twitter saying, I didn't sue you on Friday. I asked the Bernie Sanders campaign to correct misleading marketing. That's all it was. I'm not your employee. I'm your partner. You can't fire me. You notice I'm doing a dramatic reading of this, Maggie. I love kinda, it. I there's no pu- Thank you. Oh, I'm doing a one-man show actually yeah. on this. Um, there's no public enemy without Flavor Flav, so let's get it right, Chuck. And in this case, like, I'm on Flavor Flav's side i have to say like chuck d is being very heavy with this whole thing you know what i mean and like chuck d fired back that if there was a money bag flavor it's well it's dollar sign bag <laughs> that's money bag right what is you're that like, the way you said it you're like if there was a money bag, if there was a money bag flav would have been there front and center he will not do free benefit shows Sued me in court the first time and let him back in. His ambulance lawyer sued me again on Friday. And so now he stays home and better find rehab. In all caps. In all caps. And then Flavor Flav came back and said, I'm not on drugs like you're saying and have been clean for 10 years. I've battled addiction before and like millions of other Americans, I know the massive toll it takes. Chuck, you know better than to lie about bleep like that. It's like... Flavor Flav seems so coherent and on point. Like Chuck D is the one who's losing his cool in this beef. So whose side are you on in this? The Chuck. See, I would have always this, thought this that one. I'd be on Chuck D. I always was more of like I was down with Chuck D. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised. Flavor Flav, you know, excluding the fact that he has confused commas and ellipses in his tweets. There are a lot of commas in these tweets. There are as many commas as there are letters. Aside from that. He's making a lot of sense. He's making a lot of sense. And this divide between Chuck D and Flavor Flav, I think, reflects the the voting public, Maggie. I think it does. They're representative of a bigger issue at hand, which is the fracturing of American democracy. Gerrymandering and also the gerrymandering of hip hop. Moving on to other drama from the hip hop Yeah, it's weird. Like classic hip hop artists are, there's a lot of beef. They're a lot, having a tough week and there's a lot of beef out there. Okay, so Snoop Dogg is back in the news because, you know, a few weeks after he apologized to Gail King for calling her a dog-haired bitch following an interview she did regarding Kobe Bryant, he's now mocking her best friend, Oprah. You might have seen Oprah took a fall in front of thousands of people at her 2020 Vision Tour stop in L.A. And now he's claiming that Michael Jackson and Kobe Bryant blew a gust of wind. And blew Oprah down. Right, so the original Ghosts Snoop Dogg issue, tripping. he had just apologized. He ke- he kept using dog-related insults, but then he, in his apology, he used some dog references because he said that, basically, he was mad at Gail King because she had asked Lisa Leslie, right, yep. in an interview, the WNBA star, about Kobe Bryant's alleged sexual assault in an interview about his death. And Snoop was saying that that was disrespectful, right? But then he ended up saying that he felt more like Snoopy than Snoop Dogg, his words, not mine, because his mother chastised him 
for saying those horrible things about Gail King mm-hmm. and taking it too far. So he apologized. Then right after that, Oprah fell on stage and then Fiddy sent right mm-hmm. trolled oprah i think 50 cent is really who initiated this idea that a ghost could trip you well that yeah that is true um and snoop it's like right out of the hardy boys because why why would michael jackson's ghost trip oprah because of finding neverland i'm assuming so because she was involved oprah- with it didn't she host a screening? Oh, yes. And facilitated a discussion? Right, after right, premiered? right. And I think that basically they were kind of saying that Oprah's been unfair to black men, right? Because there was the Michael Jackson documentary. Mm-hmm. Oprah also was executive producing the Russell Simmons documentary that she then backed out of. And then I guess Gail King did the Kobe Bryant, you know, thing. So Snoop Dogg got on the dog pile of trolling. And but it's just like, why would you escalate to Oprah? Like, you just don't mess with Oprah. You know what I mean? Like, and also like someone falling, making fun of someone tripping. I don't know. It's all like it's a bit juvenile, Maggie. I also think we don't need commentary on everything. There are certain things you can save for your friends, family, group text chats. Like, Hmm. you don't need to publicly comment on everything that's going on. Well, Snoop Dogg also followed that comment about the Michael Jackson tripping her with God don't like ugly. Seems. So it's like he called Gail King a dog-haired yeah. bitch and now he's saying Oprah's ugly. I don't know. So what's his mother going to do now? She's probably going to be really upset. He's going to get in big trouble with his mom. You know what he needs? He needs to, we need to unleash my imaginary five-year-old rapper on Snoop Dogg to come to Oprah's defense. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode of We Hear. Our show is produced by the amazing Jamila Zara-Williams and the magnificent Melissa Caceres. We'd love to hear your questions and ideas for the show. Is there a celebrity you're dying for us to dish on? Email your hot takes to us at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Hear episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred platforms. Don't forget to leave us a review. We'll be back tomorrow with more Page Six exclusives. See you then.